right, everybody. Welcome back to a championship edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm off my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsport riders for The Athletic, and we're here at Phoenix Raceway. Um, but, Jordan, it, it's, of course, um, you know, not the normal championship day because uh, just sort of been a pall over the track today as we arrive and, you know, you and I write out the tweet up and then all of a sudden we get the news of uh, Coy Gibbs' sudden shocking death um, just, I mean, 24 hours ago in this very media center. He was on stage for a press conference. He was doing uh, pictures on the track with his son after Ty had triumphed uh, after a tumultuous week. And, you know, then then just suddenly, you know, he passed away in his sleep and, and it's just tough for everybody to process it was tough to even focus on the race today, you know, before the race, even starting out, like, just like, how, how do you even, it was, it was just, the whole thing's just been a weird day to me. Yeah. I mean, it was not a pre-race at all. It didn't feel like a pre-race. It was, we were covering this new story and this big, like you said, a poll kind of over this. And I just kept thinking about how the night before they had this great moment, Koei and Ty, you know, Ty after a really tough, week had these all these arrows slung at him I mean, deservedly so i mean what he did at martinsville deserved all the criticism there and i kept thinking about how coy was defending him and said that's my son you know and at the end of the day he's my son and i love him right and all of these things and they had this great moment after a, a, a great race where ty really showed like that's the best race he ever drove. He's smart. He was patient. He could have shoved guys out of the way. He didn't. He, he, he did it the way he needed to do it. He did it the right way. And he comes through and he wins a championship. And it's like, wow, that's cool. You know, they, after a rough week, they had this. They're celebrating now. And then the next morning, it's just gone. It's like, I don't know how you, I, I can't wrap my hand around that. I mean, and the, just the level of tragedy for this family. Um, you know, they, they, JD Gibbs dies and, and, 2019 which was absolutely tragic at age 49 Coy Gibbs now also age 49 passes away uh, those were only those were only the only two children of of Joe Gibbs and his wife Pat uh, you know as a as a father of two I, I am telling you like today I was just kind of just staring out at the track at times and, and like tearing up thinking about what that family's going through um I, I can't I think you know there's nothing worse than than losing a child um, and of course these were grown men, but, um, these were also supposed to be Joe's legacy. Yeah. It was with a family team. Um, you know, JD, w after he passed away, Coy kind of stepped up into a role, a bigger role. Of course you have Dave Alpern, JD's longtime friend, um, running the team as team president and stuff now. But, you know, I, I it's just, we're, I, there's so many questions that this raises about, um, you know, Joe Gibbs racing as a whole. Um, I, I just don't know how you even begin to process this. I mean, and, and from Ty's perspective, you know, 20 years old and this guy, you know, Coy was clearly, um, a huge presence in his life. I mean, a very, you know, hands-on dad and a guy who was trying to guide his son toward the right things and, and was, but was hard on his son when he needed to be. You know, he was, you know, kind of the tough approach. Um, that's, that's gone. And I just, there's so many, I just can't stop thinking about like, um, the emotions. How, how do you even, you know, if you're Ty, like every time you see a picture of the championship, you're going to think of the next day. Like, yeah. It's, it's like forever. That was like the last night with your dad. It's forever tainted. I mean, I, I, the, that happy memory is now anything but right. You, you, it's, you, you can't separate. I don't think you can separate it really. I mean, I guess the only, I mean, maybe the sort of the only solace is that the last memory he does have is of that. Like, Hey, that was like the, his dad was, I mean, he was sitting in here and saying that he was proud, he of, was him. proud of him. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I think, you know, talking about the Xfinity race when that race happened and you know, there'd been all this talk all week. Oh, you know, everybody was against Ty and, and Noah Gregson trash talking, you know, and, and I just don't like the guy. And, and you were sort of waiting for that moment, Brandon Jones, somebody was going to take Ty out. No way they're going to let him win this championship. Right. And so when the race happened, it was a great race. The Xfinity race was a great race, but when it happened and Ty won anyway, 
the whole, all of Twitter and social media was like, this is just very unsatisfying, right? Like it was an unsatisfying ending to what had seemed like a buildup of from ever since Martinsville of, okay, somebody's going to get this back, guy back there. Somebody's going to move him out of the way. Some, somebody, something's going to happen, right? And it didn't. And then, so everybody's just like, ah, lame. But now, thank goodness he won, right? I mean, thank goodness he was able to have that moment with his dad. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that turned out to be. It was, it was nice. In, in retrospect, it's, it's great that they had that. And they can, hopefully, to your point, like you can look back and say at least that we had, the, the last memory I had with my father was celebrating with him. And you, you hope that kind of offers some solace you know going forward i i can't imagine being 20 years old and, and losing your father um i can't imagine being joe gibbs and having both of your sons die at age 49 um you you, you raised the question about joe gibbs racing and it feels i don't feel appropriate to, to discuss the future of the team because it just you know feels raw and everything sure, but, absolutely, be, but, yeah. it, but it but it's it's a point it is something to like you <laughs> it's a family team it, it's a family-owned team um and you have to wonder about the succession of it, right? And and it's the but that's you know that's down the road, but sure. But it's sure. it's certainly part of it though. And you wonder today, and you look at this, and what they have built over there is incredible. I mean, you you this is a NASCAR powerhouse. Them and and Hendrick and Penske are easily the three biggest teams in this sport, and they've been around for what thirty years now. Ninety two was their first race, and. And you just, they're a fixture. And to, to go through everything they've been, they've gone through, um, it's just, I, I, I don't know how you do it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that people need to like go easy on Ty Gibbs now because of this, or back off just because of this. No, no. But I do think that given the amount of, uh, I mean, he's public en enemy number one, or he has been. Right. Sure. Like, I mean, the booze he got after winning the championship. Um, I think that NASCAR fans need to just kind of lay off for a while. Like let, let him, yeah. let him have a, have a clean slate. Let him go through next year and try to sort this out. It's going to, you know, he's going to be in the cup series. He's going to be trying to find his way, um, you know, now without his dad around. Um, and, and, you know, he's got three brothers and sisters, you know, his mom. Um, it's, I'm sure just absolutely horrific situation at the moment for them. And, you know, you, people talk about their faith and, you know, he, obviously he, he mentioned that a lot, but that, you know, I, I feel happy for them that they, they will have that. I'm, I'm personally not um, a super religious person by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, but I'm happy when others are, do have that belief because I feel like they can find some comfort in that, in those kind of situations. And certainly that's a very religious family and they will be able to feel like, Hey, we can, you know, maybe there's a reason for this or, you know, he's in a better place kind of thing. So, um, I hope that, I hope that they can take some solace in that because I don't, I don't know how you navigate that kind of pain. Um, I, it's just, it's just baff. I, I just can't, I just feel so bad for all of them. I hope that Ty has a support system. I think he's going to need it. I think anybody in this situation would need it. Um, but you're 20 years old. You're in the spotlight. Um, I don't think it, I'm not trying to besmirch him or anything, but I think it's fair to say he's got maturity issues, right? I think that's that's a fair criticism, and we have seen it play out. Um, to go through this, you, you just hope that there's, there's there's a support system there for him to help get through this. And your point about the NASCAR fans and everything, I think that's a good thing. Is like you just let's hopefully everyone just kind of lets him breathe and lets him figure this out on his own. It is not going to be easy at all. Um, there's there's some comparisons you could probably make that have happened over the years, and I've heard uh, the one you know Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2001 and kind of how he went through this publicly, and that probably is the best example I can think of off the top of my head and, and hopefully Ty can can figure this out and it's not going to be easy there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road and but in the end it uh, you just hope for the best and obviously you know the other Joe Gibbs racing drivers were affected today I mean uh, Denny Hamlin was really emotional about it um, Christopher Bell Kyle Busch I mean everybody it's you know to find out the news Kyle Busch said he was he just finished his hospitality mm -hmm. and stuff and he was on his way back to his motorhome and and was told about it um you know they're all getting ready for the last race i mean 
you know, if you're Christopher Bell, it's okay. Okay. You know, here we go for the championship. Um, if it's Kyle Busch, it's like, okay, here we go for my last race with JGR and M&Ms and Toyota. Mm. Um, you know, Truex trying to win his first race of the year. Hamlin trying to bounce back from a playoff disappointment. And this comes down, right? So, um, but they, they chose to race. And, and Kyle Busch said, look, it's, it's not in our DNA to sit out of a race. And he said, even if it was one of my family members, honestly, I probably would have raced today because that's what we know. That's what we do. And that is the racing culture. Every time something happens typically i mean you see people race on no i was in sports um, a lot of times though i mean yeah. i just race and i'm okay with that honestly i mean you're i think you it's part of it right and in some levels it does kind of help get your mind off of things and and there was uh, admittedly there's a lot at stake today right i mean for chris rebel and i, I think it would have been un- i don't know if unfortunate the right word but just would have felt right if they would have he would have missed out on that opportunity right and i'm glad i'm glad at least he was able to do that i'm glad the organization went forward and they felt it was the best way. And I don't think it's some people kind of, I saw it in social media and it's a really bad gauge. It was like, Oh, you know, why are they racing? It's like, it's okay. Like that's, that's sometimes that's the best thing. Well, and you always have to think about what the person would have wanted to. And you yeah. think Coy Gibbs would have wanted the cars on the team to miss the race. Yeah. Not race for championship. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, th- that would have been not, you know, he wouldn't have been about that. No. He's a racer himself. So yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but the race did go on, uh, as weird as it was and, and awkward as it was, um, you know, especially announcing it pretty much, I don't know, during driver intros, essentially, or right before green. Yeah, it was right before the I green mean, flag. Yeah, and then they had a quick moment of silence, and, and then, you know, everybody goes and races for the championship. Um, and so we'll move into that as well. I mean, we're not trying to be insensitive, but the race did happen, and we can't ignore it. We're here to talk about it, so... We will do that, obviously, uh, while keeping the, the Gibbs family in our thoughts, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's at the tweet-up we're talking this morning, and people are saying, what do you, you think is going to happen? And I think we're kind of both on the same page, where, like, going into the weekend, I, I personally thought this was going to be a Bell championship. And um, the way Logano, even at Media Day, the way Logano came out and – Especially it's after swagger, he won the man. Pole. Swagger. Yeah. Confidence. Not just like, I mean, confidence feels like underselling it, right? Like, I think cock, it was just like a. He's like, this is mine. This, I'm the yeah, favorite. Yeah. I, and it was, it was fascinating today in the press conference afterwards, how he said that at media day, he kind of felt like a couple of his competitors were just happy to be there. And, um, you know, probably bell and Chastain really, yeah. um, you know, they were happy they'd made it, you know, they weren't really supposed to be there and they'd made it there. And, you know, he said that was, I've sensed that that was a weakness um, because he said it's not, and they were saying, oh, it's just another race. And, and he said, maybe that's what you tell yourself at night to sleep better. But he says, not just another race. I've been here. This yeah. is his fifth time. And there's something he, to be said for that. Like people, yeah. we kind of, you kind of, kind of wondered about this all week, right? About it's just, a, you know, it is a race, right? It, but so you just, do you treat it like a normal race? But then no, you talk to people and they're like, no, there's everything is magnified. Everything's everything. Yeah. Every driver knows like every little mistake is costly. Every crew member, every pit crew member knows they go over the wall and they make a mistake. Like that could be the difference between winning or losing. The margin of error in this race, because it is a one race showdown is so small and it does. And while we have seen drivers Larson last year, Elliot two years ago, come in and have success right away. There's still something to be said for having gone through this before. And Logano has never been in a, has been tested. He's battle hardened. He's been through this. He gets it. He knows what it's about. And I think that you can't you can't quantify that in a way, but it, it, it means something. And I think you see it today. Like you know, you saw it this weekend of like, hey, we're gonna go out there and this is what we need to do, and we're gonna send every little message. And it starts in the press conference. It kind of reminded me a little bit of. Tony in 11, 2011, right? Of like throwing it down there. And I'm going to make these guys sweat a little bit because if they're just thinking it's about something else or they're a little bit nervous, that's going to give me the leg up. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, um, it, you, I'm not saying he was playing mind games because I think it was genuine. No. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, he, he was really, he wasn't running from the pressure. He was embracing the pressure and saying, I want the pressure. We perform best with this pressure. And just like the, his, you know, Logano typically like he, he laughs a lot and mm-hmm. he jokes a lot and it's a lot of smiles yeah, and stuff. He, right. But he's, but yeah. like Saturday when he came in after the press conference, like he had a look about him uh, after winning the poll that was just like, 
this is ours. I'm going to take this. Yeah. That's like, an attitude you don't see from him very often. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the attitude of, you hear this about Bottle Out Joey, when he puts the helmet on, right? Like right. he's, he's this different guy. Yeah. Well, it was like, we got to see underneath we, that. Yes. Him. It yeah, was like, yeah. this was the Joey of like, when he's got the helmet on and yeah, we got to see it. And that was it. And it's, I, I think it manifested itself this weekend and it, and it seemed like it carried through the crew though, too. Like it carried the, his attitude, his belief of, we are going to do this. This is our championship. It, like his crew was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Well, and, and you noted in our quick reaction piece on The Athletic, too, I mean, how valuable it was for him to win Las Vegas oh. and have those two entire weeks where he didn't have to worry about anything. No. Um, and they just pretty much just, you know, he, he said they, they kind of had conversation, you know, like Martinsville. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do for Martinsville? This. Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. Well, let's get back to Phoenix. You know, I mean, they were prepping for this race for a long time. Um they were tweaking on things. They were having ideas and they had it all nailed. I mean, and I think the other thing is, I'm going to jump on your point is not only did they win Las Vegas, which gives them like two weeks to like, just say screw, basically screw, uh, Homestead, screw Martinsville. Let's, let's just not get any pit crew guys suspended. Let's not make sure our wheel, you know, everything is tight and buttoned up and we can focus on Phoenix. And also I think it helps that no other playoff driver was locked in after those two races, after Homestead especially, because no one was locked in until after Martinsville. So they really couldn't take the time off to distract. They couldn't go into Martinsville and think, oh, we're okay. Even Elliot was like, everybody was like, no, we need to go run well here. We can't even worry about Phoenix right now because we may not even get there. And they were the only one that was. They, they were locked in. Well, and especially in a year like this, maybe some other years, um, you know, when teams were building their own cars, or whatever you, you know you could say it's a little bit different yeah. because well here we won vegas but you know they still got to bring their phoenix short track type of car well now all the cars are you yeah. know the same um you know they're they're built you know they're, they're assembled by the teams but they're they're all, all common parts obviously so it's really just about the setup and how you want to have it drive there when you get there and if you can if you can hone in on that and get it down to a science and have an idea while, like you said, everybody else is trying to figure out just how to survive and, and get to the final four. That's big. It's pretty big. Um, and he really just, I mean, I think he and Blaney had the two fastest cars today. Yeah. It wasn't between close. The two of them. I mean, they led like 296 laps, I think out of the 312 combined, uh, Logano led five different times for 187 laps. Um, and really made for this might have been the tamest championship race in the elimination era in terms of like the single. Um, no, you're no. I'm trying to think. Oh, I mean, you're talking. I mean, I'm racking my brain trying to remember. If I mean, there you was never another. had the you never had the time today where they all ran one two three four. No. You never had one moment where they were all one two three four. We're no. Typically in a championship race, at some point you yeah. have that. Um, you know, Chastain got up to third, and he was sort of coming at the end. Yeah, and they see, were trying to hype it up. That like, was, oh, he's he was though. He's his lap. That's the one thing I was gonna say is like, he he had a really fast car. Like he just he doesn't qualify twenty fifth. I mean, it's a different ball game. Like he was the fastest in practice. You know, he had the fastest lap time. And if he doesn't qualify twenty fifth, I, I would have liked to have seen what he would been able to do because he was really good. I mean, he worked as well from third. But he didn't have the car to compete with the Penske guys, though. Still, <sighs> I, probably not. Maybe, but he was his flat times at the end were really, really competitive. Like, I mean, do I think Joey's better? Yes, but I, I think he he would have had to pass. That's one of those yeah, things where it's a, one thing to catch. But I will say though, man, like again, like if he gets there, like you know, he's not gonna like think twice about putting the bumper to him. Like I both of them, he's got to go through two of them. Yeah, I I, I just think he would have had at least a shot. I don't, I'm not saying he would have beat him. I just think he would have had a shot. Yeah, I mean, maybe if he gets close enough, or you know, honestly, if there's maybe if there's a restart, late restart, yeah, he would have been, and he, he tries to go. So he restarted fifth on the last restart, I think it was. Logano was. I'd have to go back and look at my notes. I should probably do some prep next time. Um, I think he was. No, he restarted seventh. I think Logano was fifth, whatever it was. And point is, though, but like, that was with thirty to go. Yeah, but right? like, okay, so but he was, no, uh, when was that? I guess it wasn't quite 30. But but still, let's if he has if he qualifies better, theoretically he's going to have a better shot to get more. He's going to be closer to the front of the restart later, right? And that's the thing is like he is the statistically the best restarter. So, you can give him that 
he's got a better opportunity to maybe get some uh, some distance there. And plus, you give him clean air. I just think he would have had a shot. I, again, I don't think he was going to beat him, but I think he would have been put himself in a better position to maybe make something happen. Yeah, last restart came with 32 to go. By the way, so you never had that late you know, weird yeah. thing and, you know, some back marker stuff sitting into the wall or somebody cuts a tire or there's debris or nothing, you know, that, that sort of changed things around. Um, and obviously it could have been more of a race if Christopher Bell's pit crew, if the guy hadn't got his finger stuck oh, at that that's point. painful. Like yeah, what did you get between really the bad. sprocket, the spindle and the nut? Yeah. That's and what like rip the skinner. I, that sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah. And then Chase Elliott, I mean, you can say what you want about Ross Chastain, but to me, he I agree. essentially took himself. He made a move that he didn't need to make it was aggressive. at that point on the restart. And, of course, we've talked about this before on the podcast. His crew never talks him down or defuses the situation. DeHaunt and Alan Gustafson are always like, no, it's not your fault. You should, you know, somebody else. Ross was tracing yeah, away. which is blah, weird. Blah. But, I mean, look, we've, we've said all year when we think Ross – is that fault for something? Every time we're like, oh, Ross, yeah. you know, <clears throat> when, when it's deserved. He could have done anything there except back off. And if he gets back, he's he could have cut him a break, but it's the freaking championship but race. It, you all, know? There's that too. Also on that restart, he backs off. There's a chance he gets hit from behind. Like, yeah, I mean, the, you put yourself at risk. Like they both kind of made the move down at the same time. It was very quick, Yeah, but he was there. He was there. And Elliot was half a second too late mm-hmm. to move down. And turned himself across. The, he wasn't clear. Yeah. So how are you going to get mad? People are, I mean, of course, Chase Elliott fans are furious at Ross Chastain. And then Ross's sudden popularity boost that we saw this weekend, uh, I'm sure short now takes a little bit of a hit. Short lift. Um, but <laughs> that's that's not deserved because, in my view... Um, it was a racing accident, if anything. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean... If, 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 anyone's at fault, if anyone's at fault, it's Elliott. I would just right. call... I would just term it a racing accident. It happens under... they don't... You know, he even says... He even goes, give it to me straight. Like, he he kept going over it. And, and they would not say, ah, you might have come down a little late. And I was worried about that because... That was going to make him retaliate. Retaliate. And I was like, man, is he going to do something here? He's going to retaliate and do something he's going to regret. And then he's going to look back at the tape and go, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my fault. And I did. I, I just thought in that moment the team would have kind of scaled it back. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Either ignore him and don't answer it or just tell him, like, hey, you know, yeah, you're kind of at fault. Instead, they, like you said, they were adding fuel to the fire. And it felt like they were just kind of, like, nudging him. It's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, I was worried that. I mean, because that just would have been a bad look for him. Yeah. Um, because I think a many, well, I mean, again, Chase Elliott fans would have felt differently. But if you're impartial, um, just watching it in general, I think you would feel like that was Elliott's, that was on Elliott. So then if he then takes out a championship driver because of that, you know, as, as he's coming back around to get lapped, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it there was it, a minute there. I was yeah, just like, I did too. I did I too. Like, I actually I mean, pulled out my video uh, or my camera phone because as they were coming by in the press yeah. box, and I thought, "Oh, this is going to be it." I'm really glad though. Like it just it didn't need it. Like and it, 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 you didn't want to see this come down to something of that nature, right? Where yeah. it just. It, but even so, I still don't feel like. Let's say that had not happened, right? Does Elliot win this race? No, Elliot wasn't. Elliot was. A ten, he, was, he wasn't. He was a contending car today. I mean, he was. He he was nowhere near. I mean, he might have finished in the top five, but he wasn't going to. He was. He didn't. I, I never or, felt like he had anything for Logano. He beat Logano or Blaney on straight no, up. Yeah, no. I don't think the only time he got ahead of Logano was on the strategy call there, and then Logano got got by him pretty quick. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I mean, Logano had such a fast car that. Even multiple times when it was like, oh, somebody else played strategy or somebody else came out ahead of him. It was an interesting thing, too, by the way. Can we just talk about the strategy call? Sure. So it was really weird. So they pitted for fuel. Logano and Bob uh, uh, Chastain and Bell don't. Elliot pits. And I was like, why, though? Like, if ever they're all going to make it. You should be able to make it as well. And he didn't really gain. He didn't really. He only lost a few spots. But it was like it just didn't make any sense to me. Like I don't think they could have made it. I don't think the Hendrick cars didn't have the fuel miles. Didn't all the Hendrick cars pit? Byron did. Byron did. Um, Larson did, didn't he? Maybe I couldn't tell you. I, you have yeah. a better. You had a better view of pit road than I did. I was down here, so. Um, so I don't. Just, I think that I think that the 
Fords and the Toyotas, for whatever reason, had better fuel mileage. I was more worried but about Chastain. Chastain made it, though, and he, I know. he was in a Chevy. So. But remember, they had told him, yeah. stop shifting at all. Yeah, well, they told it to Logano, too. Yeah. I don't know. It was just an interesting call. It was just interesting. But, like, the Toyotas weren't worried about it at all, it seemed like. No, they didn't seem like at all. They, they seemed fine. I mean, Adam Stevens told Chris Bell we're fine. Right, and exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it was, it was just an interesting thing of, like, how do you do I this? I don't think that stage was designed to go. <laughs> that stage was designed to have a pit stop in it. Yeah. A, a required pit stop, right? Yeah, it might be adjusted next They'll year. have to make that a little bit longer, <laughs> like 10 laps longer. It was uh, it was interesting because I – and then it – so I didn't think it was going to work. And I thought they were going to get trapped. And then he ends up giving his lap back. And I still thought he was going to, like, lose track position. And he ended up losing a couple of spots. Um, even then, and it was just like, this is a curious decision here on how to do this and how to manage it. In the end, it, I mean, it didn't really matter, but it was just, it was interesting to see how that all played out. Yeah. So, um, you know, how do you feel about Joey Logano as champion? You know, he ends up, um, you know, he ends up dominating. He deserved to win today. Um, he ends up with four wins on the season. Five if you count the clash. And he'll, and he'll, he'll kill him. and he wants credit for that one. <laughs> um, and obviously, this was a year where nobody, um, you know, nobody dominated, right? No, um, nobody dominated. No, uh, it was Joe Srigley yep. had one of his Srigley stats, and um, it was the first year since like 1960 where nobody led a thousand laps. A thousand, yeah. Um, and it, Chase Elliott was the top laps leader, uh, so. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm look. I have no problem with the guy. I think he's a very worthy champion. I think he had a very good year. Um, they were consistent all year. If you look at their, you know, average running position, top tens, top, you know, all the all the key metrics. I, I have no issue with him. I, I mean, he was as good at times as Elliot was. He didn't have quite that same level of consistency at some, but largely he's really, really good. And he, he came on. At the most important time of the year, Logano had the third the third best average finish this year. Like that's that's a worthy guy wins four races, the second most races. It's really hard to quibble with his year and saying he's not a worthy champion. By the way, Ryan Blaney had the fourth best average finish this year. Wow, wow, and didn't win a race. Yeah, Logano third best average finish behind Elliott and Chastain. Second most wins. Uh, he was down a little bit farther in top fives. He was let's see one two three four five sixth in top fives. All right. Um, top tens. Yeah. He was tied for fifth. Um, you know, it's, good year. it's, it's fine. It's solid enough. Yeah, and I will say that I'm not trying to defend him. They basically threw away Homestead and Martinsville. That's true. And he still led the second most, uh, number of laps yeah. in behind Chase Elliott. So the season. So he's, he's a, he's a, much like an 18 when people are kind of like questioning it. I, I, and I said, I don't see how, like he deserves this. He, this is a, this is a worthy, this isn't a guy who got hot at the right time of the year. This is a guy who was, was good one in May, one in June, one in the one twice in the playoffs. Like the, this is a guy I think you're going to look at and say, this, this is a very good champion this year. Yeah. You know, in retrospect, we were, uh, I was making a lot out of the, um, the Loudon thing uh, with Christopher Bell and leaning heavily on that since it was a one-mile track and yeah. similar to Phoenix. I think you could kind of look at um, Logano's win at Gateway sure. as a precursor to this one. A lot of comparisons um, between those two tracks. Yeah. So maybe next year we'll have to keep more of an eye on Gateway. Uh, by the way, did you look at our preseason rankings? Well, what, what do you mean? Did you see who – who did you pick for champion? Uh, before the season, I think I picked Kyle Busch. Yeah. Did you pick Logano? I picked Logano. Are you making that up? Go for a look. I tell you, man. Trust me, I know. Okay. I picked Logano. How come just, you didn't mention this till now? I just thought about it. Oh, okay. I, I I didn't realize it until earlier this week when I was going back because I wanted to see who he picked. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, hell, I picked Logano. How about that? Wow. <laughs> I was pretty proud of myself. That's pretty good. Hey, I mean, the guy ends up, you know, he wins the first race with the next-gen car. Uh-huh. Uh, and he wins the, the championship with, for the first season with the next-gen car. Um, guess he took a liking to it. Yeah. Overall, I, mean, I talked know? to Paul Wolf. I talked to both Logano and Paul Wolf for the story I did on the athletic. Oh gosh, that was a good, thank you. Wait a minute. No, I know. I'm just thinking about how last year you did Larson, a key moments of Kyle Larson, and Cliff Daniels, yep. um, about, you know, going into the championship kind of thing. Right. And they won. to define their season. They won. Your preview article this week was key moments for Logano. Joey Logano and Paul Wolf. So, any, anyone listening out there, if you qualify for the championship four next year, 
feel free to like solicit, you know, me doing a, a feature on you because obviously I'm the, the whisperer here. Yeah, right. Um, but to the point though, Paul, they, they talked like the, the challenges. They looked at this car as an opportunity to, to showcase themselves, right? And to say, hey, we can do this. We, we adapt. They feel like they adapt better to rule changes and new tracks than anyone else. And it's true. Like they want a gateway this year, right? They want Bristol dirt. They want it, the Coliseum, all new places. And Paul is adamant. Like I believe he believes that that team just has an innate ability to figure things out quicker than everyone else. And it showed at the Coliseum and it's bared fruit throughout, throughout this year where there was a time this year, right? When we talked about the Fords and they were struggling, right? They, they were up and down. Like, you know, Logano would be good one week and then down the next week. And they kind of were just up and down. You couldn't figure it out. They have gotten really, really good. And really like there was, we, we remember we talked about how the, the Toyotas were really good on the intermediate tracks. Well, mm -hmm. what happens at Las Vegas? They close the gap there. They go there. Penske does and wins. Like they have figured out how to. They they got gradually better as the year went along, and that is a huge compliment to that team. I looked it up by the way. You did pick Joey Logano in our preseason predictions. You had him as your champion. Yeah. The rest of your final four were Larson, oh, Blaney, horrible. and Byron. So. It's horrible. Yeah, my final four is locked. I'm just gonna bring that up. <laughs> my final four is brutal. <laughs> Um, interesting. Okay. Well, nice job. Congrats. Got to give it to you there. This, that's the same, that's the same, uh, article where I said the track house was most disappointing. Yeah. The same one. Was, so I was actually, actually, I was actually pretty proud of my, uh, predictions. I, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. So where does this go for Logano? I mean, he's 32 years old. He's got two championships. Yeah. He's already, um, tied with Truex for the all time on the all time wins list for 28th. Um, I mean, so 32, I mean, you look at Harvick is still racing competitively at, what, 45? Yeah. Um, He's got at least 10 more years. Let's 10 say. more let's, solid let's say 10 year, more years. prime years. Yeah, so you win, let's say you average two, three wins a year. So we're talking 30 more wins. That would put him 60-ish, right? So 60-ish wins. Add another title in there. I would think that's fair to say. Um, all Just one? I don't see. Here's here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment, right? Because I remember having this conversation. Or I feel like we've had this conversation in 2019 with Kyle Busch, right? Kyle Busch wins a second title. You know, he's young. He's got a lot of years left. True. And then, true. like Kyle, frankly, fell off a cliff. Like, I mean, like, he, you know, you know, he really hasn't been the same. Um, I think about Joey, I think about Jimmy Johnson in 2016, you know, I, I remember that cause I wrote it and like he wins the championship. He's got seven. I was like, they're going to win eight. Like at some point they're going to win eight. Jimmy's in great shape, right? All these things. Yeah. He's up there in years, but they'll figure it out. They're Jimmy Johnson and he fell off a cliff. So I just, I'm just trying to couch it, I guess, and say, I, I think he, I think one more title is realistic. I mean, you know, and I think that's fair. Um, so I'm just saying if he gets three championships and 60 wins, Maybe four championships. I mean, you have to look at that as this is a top 10 all That wasn't where I was going with this question at all because I was thinking, does he have time to catch Jimmy? Oh, no, not in this format. I think this really? format, I think this format is brutal. I, I, this, okay, it, well, okay. I, I respect that because it's very hard to win. It's very hard to even make it to the Final Four. However, you're going to have Harvick, Denny, Truex, um, that you'll get to Keselowski, you'll get to Kyle Busch, all within the next, all within that those next sure. ten years period, they'll all be gone. He'll be the veteran oh. states, the elder statesman as he was now at thirty two. So let's say let's even say next year, next year Jordan, let's say the final four is like Larson, Elliott, Logano, uh, Hamlin, or something. Right? Logano again is going to be like based on what we just saw here, he's going to be feared. Like you're not going to want against you. You do not want to go against Joey Logano in the final four. Sure. I agree with that, but uh, just this format's killer. And while you're going to see guys, the Harvick's, the Hamlin's, the Truex's start to go on, right. And do other things. You still, there's so much young talent. Like, I mean, it, it's, you know, Bella, we saw Bell coming to his own this year. Larson is still around. Blaney's around. Byron's only going to get better. I, I just think, 
I, I just think it's, it, this, it is going to be so hard to, it is going to be so competitive and so hard to win. Plus, it's more parity now, right? This next gen car, this, you know, and we'll see if that holds true or not as you know, teams get the offseason. It is going to be, you, you've got more teams that can come in and do things. I mean, 2311 next year, Tyler Reddick, I think, is going to be a force, right? I just, I just have a really hard time thinking that even if you get here and you can have experience matters so much. Uh, Reddick hasn't been in this situation, but again, does it though? I mean, it does to some degree and you're right. It It, does because look at today with, he said, look, Chastain and bell were happy to be here. I took the pressure on. I I hear that. And I, and I, and I agree with you on this. I agree with you to a point, but I also look at the fact that in 2020, you had Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott. Three of those four guys had been here before and done it. Right. And, Chase Elliott had, and what did he do? He won. Not only did he win, he came from the back and won. You know, last year Kyle Larson is great statistically as Kyle Larson had has been. He had a dominant year, never been in here before. He's actually, I think it's fair to say, he was actually known as a choker, right? He was known as a playoff choker, someone who really couldn't come through in the clutch. What did he do last year? The pit crew. I, I understand so. the pit crew. I mean, I'm not I'm not dismissing the pit crew, but he still put himself in. Yeah, a, no, I get that. So I mean, yes, experience matters. 100% and being here matters and there's something about that but the, these guys like they're still like it, it's it's just hard and, and this format is so just so difficult to manage and you're you're a victim of so many things out of your control sometimes I could I mean to him to win five more titles to tie Jimmy that is that's a that would be five of the next ten. If we're saying he's going to race ten more years that's a what lot. if he races tw- make it 12, 13 more years I don't that's know a lot man that's a lot. Yeah. Well, no, I was just throwing it out there. Curious to see what you think. I don't need to argue with you because I did ask your opinion. So <laughs> um, I just think it's, you know, I, I'd be curious to see how old how old was Jimmy when he won his second title? He, he was younger probably, right? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Jimmy was 31 when he won his second title. Logano's 32. Okay. All right. So, but then that was... Jimmy went five in a row then. so Five in a row. He had, unprecedented. He won his and fifth title by age 34, and a essentially. a completely so. different playoff format where you no, had for more sure, control for sure. over your fate. Absolutely. No, and, and obviously, you know, like, like, I mean, the championship venue might change. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of – I'm just There's just I'm too just many barriers. There's too many barriers. I, you know, I keep going back to, like, the Cowboys thing because I thought about that a lot. And, you know, two years ago or whatever it was, three years ago, when he won, it felt like it was never – like, this was Kyle's – era right he's just gonna rule and three years later you would have said then that he's gonna be leaving joe gibbs racing you would have been laughed at right but things change unexpectedly sometimes and it's very tough to stand and, and i don't sure. think like i mean logano's got a, a long time you know he's locked up long term in a contract and he's not going anywhere but you just you don't know yeah um man it's uh i already i just kind of got lost in the moment thinking about how we're going to how in the world we're going to do next year's predictions i mean there's (laughs) it's crazy so i thought about this i kind of went through because i I wrote almondinger column a few weeks ago when he signed with colleague i'm like almondinger is going to make the playoffs i think we both agree right okay well tyler reich's gonna make there are so many guys like i i think i counted i think i had like 22 or 23 guys that realistically i could see make the playoffs yeah, I mean, you have to consider Eric Jones potentially. Absolutely. Um, I would um, throw, throw Reddick in that mix. I would throw Bubba Wallace in that mix. I would throw, I think, what you've seen on Roush Fenway Racing in the second half of the year, really in the fall. They've had more yeah, speed. Gotta, Brad, Brad's been running better. Busher. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, those, <laughs> there's all conceivable, you know. I mean, Busher and Eric Jones have won races in the playoffs this year. Yeah, so. I mean, like, why not, right? I mean, they, they, As did Bubba, yeah. It is going to be... It's going to be a fight next year. You're going to see some big names go. You're going to see some big names not make it. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm, good point. Well, we'll have plenty of time to think about that. Um, what else from this race today, um, in particular, the cup race jumped out at you? I mean, first of all, do need to go back and give a shout out. Um, all three pole uh, winners from this weekend ended up winning the race. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. You're right. That's, right. That's uh, Going back to the Srigley stats once again. Uh, by the way, this guy's Joe Srigley on Twitter. I don't know how he comes up with these stats. Um, but so this is, he says, this is only the second time in NASCAR history 
that three drivers have won from the pole in the same weekend and the first time in NASCAR history that it's happened at the same track. First time ever that all three wow. pole winners on a triple header weekend win all the races. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wow. It really is. I mean, the end of the truck race with Zane Smith, I mean, that was really – that was, they had a great battle in overtime. All three finishes, the Xfinity race. Well, the whole Xfinity – I mean, the whole last – I don't know. Gosh, it seemed like 50, 60 laps yeah, of the Xfinity race were fantastic. I thought in the truck series race, I thought they were going to wipe each other out. I thought Ty Majeski in 20th was going to win the championship because I thought <laughs> all the other three guys were just going to end up crashing. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. No, and, and really all three, you know, deserving champions as well. How do you like Phoenix as a track? As a uh, no, I'm ready for I'm ready for something else. I'm just ready to yeah. see something else. Um, it's great. I mean, like you can tell the races here in the city, which is cool, right? It feel it doesn't feel lost like it did in Miami. Oh no, no, they do a great yeah. job with activating it. But you can only, you know, it's I just, guess I what I thought today was like, for instance, you know, we had talked about there was all these potential new eyeballs on NASCAR today after the Ross Chastain move last week and all the hype that came with that and how. You know, it just was everywhere, and mm -hmm. it, it went viral. It went worldwide, everything, right? Um, and imagine if you had seen that last week on the highlights and be like, oh, you know what, I'll give NASCAR a try. I want to see if this melon yeah. man wins. And you tune on the race, turn on the race day, and you're just like, eh, I don't know. It just yeah. that's it's not the best. I don't just don't think it's the best product, the best showcase yeah. when you really. This is a race where you really could get new eyeballs or once a year fans to tune in you know i agree with you saying i mean up front with logano just dominating it was like you're like okay this is you know he never felt like anyone seriously had anything for logano you know, among the four contenders i will say that watching chastain pick his way through the field was fun to watch and i watched a lot of that today that was great it was really that was some really good spirited racing him coming up through there so that was entertaining to me. So it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people are just going to look at the front and say, oh, yeah, well, okay. It's kind of you know not a lot of lead changes, you know, whatever. But I do think the racing was actually pretty good um, if you, you, you look beyond that. And I, that's, that's unfortunate because I don't know – I don't know if TV was showing all that as much as they could have maybe. And I, I don't know because I wasn't watching that feed. But the feed I was watching was focused on Chastain. And he, it was some fun racing because he was he was racing Hamlin for a while. He was racing Kyle Busch for a while. Like, I mean, these were some good battles. Yeah, so um, just by comparison, so today's uh, Phoenix race had 11 lead changes throughout the course of the race. Um, if you go back to like uh, – 2021 2020 like the spring races um like that had double the number of lead changes for instance um yeah so 22 lead changes 20 lead changes so yeah i mean it's unfortunate you know, too i mean we you, but this is this also the car i was just gonna yeah, say like yeah. that's the unfortunate thing is like the car this isn't the best year and it's re for short track but yeah. i agree like i mean i'm really excited for auto club speedway like i i am conv I, and i don't have any inside knowledge in this it you mean would, new auto club? Yeah, the new auto club speed. It stands to reason if that track is what they think it's going to be, that's a pretty darn good place to have a championship finale, right? Well, we I think it depends what they do with the car on short tracks. Yeah. I mean, now... Uh, my confidence is, is that they figure it out. Like, Yeah, I, yeah I mean, they, they said, um, you know, Steve O'Donnell and Steve Phelps had their state of the sport news conference on Friday, and mm -hmm. they said um, they're looking at aero changes next season for the short tracks and the road courses, which, hey, we feel that that's um, necessary. This car shined on intermediates, as we talked about all year, and this is more in the short track category. It's not technically a short track at one mile, but it's on that it's, end. It's, yeah. So. Flatter yeah. tracks it doesn't do the best on. Right, right. And so, you know, I don't think, again, I don't think it was like a a terrible race or you know, we've seen. No, it was good. Uh, it was a what was that one Phoenix race here? Was it 2019? 2019 that spurred them to make the. Yeah, the 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 year before they brought the championship here. Yeah. That was really bad. Um, yeah. That one had eight lead changes. So I mean, there's only three more lead changes than that one. Today, no, this but, was a this was a fine race. I, 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 yeah, it, it was fine. It was just. It was I don't fun. think it'll do very good. Well, let's just talk about the poll. So uh, you strike back, according to Big Joe Wall seventy two. We both totally whiffed on. Martinsville, I think, though. Yeah, like, I thought really people would bad. get more wrapped up in the finish than the whole yeah, race. I said it was going to be in the 90s. Yeah, that was like that. that. Was I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was only... So now, okay, so the score is 
16 to 15. Okay. I'm up by one. The tiebreaker from the entire season, I've missed by 223 points. You've missed by 238. Mm-hmm. So I do have a tiebreaker. You're going to have to take a big swing here. Mm-hmm. You have to win, and I'm going to have to miss by a decent amount. Mm-hmm. So just to make this fair, because if I know your guess, I can just guess close yep, to you yep. and make sure that I won't. So I'm going to type it in my phone on my notes thing right now. Um, you know what? Let's type it on our calculator. It'd be okay. easier to type in a number on your on your calculator on your got phone. You my phone now? Do, do Androids have calculator There's apps? There's nothing wrong with Androids. Don't be a snob, okay? <laughs> Don't be an elitist. No one likes those. Um, it's okay to be an Android lover. Okay. Well, let me think about this. Okay. I got type my, in my guess. You have your guess? Yeah, not that hard. Um, you have a very puzzled look on your face. Okay, yes. Are you ready to turn the phone? One, two, three. three. What do you have? <laughs> oh, so I'm the champion. You are the champion. I got 50. Jeff has 55. I clinch. Congratulations. You know, you know what? That's not cool. Let's make this worth two. Just no, for, we're not changing the rules. No, I no, don't. Let's make us worth two. No. If you win, you pull ahead of me. No, I'm not doing that. We can't let's change the rules. Let's the tiebreaker. I, I, I canceled this poll. We didn't even do the poll for weeks. Yeah, I'm well aware. Yeah. Because you threw a hissy fit. I th- <sighs> you threw a hissy fit. It's okay to admit it. Anyway, um, I'm offering now that we can it's okay. make this week worth two. It's a championship race. Winner takes all. I'm good. Okay, winner takes all. No, so I'm you good. have 50. <laughs> I have 55. We obviously don't think that the fans are going to love this one. I think it's. I think unfortunately they are not. And again, I don't think. You it was, know what? I, I'm wish, really wishing I had gone in the 40s now because I don't even think it's going to get to 50. Honestly, you can change your pick. I don't care. Nah, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, we already flashed each other with our calculators. Okay, Jesus, good lord, sir. Good lord. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Um, so, yeah, what, what else should we talk about? I mean, there was some Jimmy Johnson news that was somebody Jimmy Johnson broke. Johnson news this, this week? Uh, that's what that's what I heard. I, that's what I heard, too. That's what I read on Jordan Bianchi's Twitter account. <laughs> How many big stories have you broken this year? Like five? I think the Let's, few, let's count these up. You broke Jimmy Johnson news. You broke Kyle Busch to RCR. Yep. You dropped the schedule. Yep. Didn't you break North Wilkesboro? Yep. Did you break Chicago Street Course? Oh, yep. oh yeah. my God. It's five. Is that it? Just five. Oh, well, maybe you can try harder next year. Oh, um, year's not over though. Oh, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm working on something else. So, oh wow, five big stories in a year. Not bad. Look at you. Got lucky. Broken clock is Yankee right. bombs. <laughs> wow. Just uh, so, what do you think of the Jimmy thing? It's interesting. Um, Jimmy's, and this is totally from. This isn't. I'm curious about this because ownership was never something that Jimmy really said he wanted to do, right? He kind of always said he wanted to do other things. And I'm curious about Jimmy and like, he seems to be changing his mind a lot. I think that's fair to say. Like, well, I just don't even get why he wants to do this. uh, There's that too. Like, so I'm going to leave IndyCar. I'm going to go leave NASCAR. I'm going to go run IndyCar part-time. I'm never going to do ovals. Oh, now I'm going to run ovals and run full-time. And now, now I'm going to do maybe do, do IndyCar part-time and then I do that. And now, now I'm going to go back to NASCAR and run part-time and I'm going to own a team. There's just been a lot of like stop and starts, right? And so I'm curious to see, is this like one of those stop and starts or is this going to be like a full-time like commitment? You know, yes, he's a part-time owner, but are you going to be a full-time owner, right? And, and I'm curious to see how he fits in that. And to your point, like why, right? This is a... We've heard for a lot of owners lately, this is a money losing venture right now until things are, you know, reshaped, you know, financially uh, with the NASCAR agreement and everything. How, how, why, why does this interest you? Why do you want to do this? What is intriguing about this? We'll see. Well, and and I don't have a a lot of problem with him, you know, trying to, trying out different things or going out different options. I mean, it's like you with women. I mean, you Uh, know, that's true. That is very true. You know, you, you. You do something for a while and you say, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. You do something else, okay? Yeah, don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> is that is that how you handle it? No comment. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so, um, but the one thing that, that I guess I just don't really understand as much is that when Jimmy left NASCAR, it really felt like he was just done with it. Yeah. And you didn't see him come to any more races and it just he felt like- He hasn't been a race since 2020 here. Yeah, like he just left it behind, right? Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He had done it. He put in his time. Again, again I get it. Like, yeah. I, yeah I, but 
he also, I mean, he loves to go to Europe. He loves to go to New York City. He has a house in Aspen, mm-hmm. things like that. He's very much a family guy. Like Right. So it'd be, it's to me, I was just assuming once he got, in, you know, yeah, of course he could do a few races here and there, you know, Indy 500 or Le Mans yeah. or whatever. But like, yeah, the, the being, because I mean, the team owner part of it to be this immersed in something. Yeah. I mean, that's like. It's a full time. And, and, and then when Richard Petty's up there saying, well, you know, I'm 85 and, you know, I'm not going to be around that long. And then we'll transition this deal to Jimmy, basically, kind of thing. Yeah. He t- it's Richard like, said he wants Jimmy to take over the whole thing. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's like, that's like a big deal. Like, that's. Yeah. Look, look at how stressed out Denny Hamlin is all the time. 100%. And Denny will tell you how busy he is, right? Right. And he has a hard time. And Gordon, you know, Jeff Gordon's a perfect example. Like, Gordon's commitment was like, I can't do. I can't be the owner I need to be and do TV at the same time. And so he dropped that. And look at Justin Marks. It's enti- his entire life. Every, you know, yeah. I'm I mean, saying it's, like, it's, yeah. It, and again, I mean, I, I don't begrudge Jimmy for changing his mind. And so please don't think I was, I just, I just, it's a commitment. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not it, begrudging him. I'm just, no, I'm, be- I begr- I'm begr- I mean, I felt like I was begrudging a little bit, like him constantly kind of changing his mind. Yeah. But I mean, this thing came together within the last month. Like this wasn't like, it just came together quick. And I just wonder like, if it's going to be one of those things, like six months later from now, you're going to be like, damn, like this is a lot, right? Well, and I, I think it is notable though, that in the way, you know, the way it came together, um, you, you notice that they're not changing the name of the team, for instance, right? It's still petty GMS for now, for now. Okay. So if he had bought a big piece of the team or a significant piece of the team, it would be like, even even Chip Ganassi used to be Chip Ganassi racing with Felix Sabatis. This isn't Petty GMS with Jimmy Johnson yeah. at the moment. They um, may still they may do something though. It's not it's not in concrete that that they're not going to change the name. Well, if they were going to announce him as owner, when they they didn't have a car number, they didn't. Yeah. Have, they, I mean, they, there was a lot of details. They didn't. They didn't have a schedule laid out yet. I mean, we only know right. one race. He's, well, we know he's doing Daytona he, that, That's it, right? I mean, we. I think he's going to do... We might do Martha Wilkesboro, it sounds like he wants to. But, I mean, that's my point is, like, there's a lot of details of this that are still, like, being worked through. And mm-hmm. I will say, Brad Keselowski, um, when he bought into RFK, or I guess Roush Fenway, like, they didn't announce... They announced the deal, but then they announced it in the summer, but they didn't announce the name change until well down the road. So, I mean, these, you know... Sometimes these things take time. That's true. To, That's a to, good point. To That's workshop point. these things. Well, I guess my point is it doesn't – you don't get the sense that he, like, put millions of dollars down to get a piece of this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not – it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know the number. I've heard different numbers thrown around, so I don't want to say anything that, you know, out of school. But I, he is a minority owner. I mean, he's a minority stakeholder. He definitely does not own the majority of this team. And that's, that's more Gallagher's department. So – but he is adamant like he wants to be involved in this, and it's gonna be interesting to see what that is. And I and I asked him that question on the press conference on Friday of like, what do you see yourself? How is a you know a help you know being an owner? And he was like, I'm kind of figuring that out a little bit, right? And that's it's gonna be interesting to see how that is. Like Brad Keselowski, when he came when he he started he he became an owner like he had very clear vision for what he wanted that team to be, right? Denny Hamlin had a very clear vision for what he wanted 2311 to be. Um, I guess Jimmy's still figuring out that vision. Interesting. Well, we should tell the uh, Spencer Gallagher story of how he found out that Jimmy was interested. <laughs> you, you should tell it. No, you were the, you, you're a better storyteller than I am. Well, yeah, Spencer was uh, at home in Las Vegas. I guess he lives with his parents. Yeah. Um, and uh, his dad said, hey, uh, put the chicken on. We got a guest coming for, <laughs> for dinner. I guess Spencer's- Barbecue good. chicken, too. Yeah, so he, he was putting the barbecue chicken on. He was like, yeah, who's who's coming over? They're like, oh, Jimmy Johnson's going to be here in an hour. And he's like, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson's coming to our house. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as Spencer noted, though, it's really not usually too hard to get people to come out to Vegas. Uh, it's not a stretch. But, yeah, he he came to their house to talk about it, and Spencer made some barbecue chicken. I wonder how that was. It's got to be pretty good if, if they're trusting Spencer to make it for Jimmy Johnson to oh, impress him. Hard, though, man. Chicken, you can dry chicken so easy, especially barbecue chicken. Are, are, what, where does chicken rank on your? We've talked about your meatballs on this podcast. We've talked about your eggs on this podcast. You know, my Italian food in general, actually, seafood is like go tos. Seafood? Yeah, seafood, scallop. I do. Great okay, so scallop. where does the chicken for you rank? I'm in not. I don't make a lot of chicken dishes because I am. I, I'm not. Chicken to me often is too dry. 
So I, I, I stay away from chicken. I like chicken, but I'm very particular about my chicken. And wow. I don't. I, I Why do don't not. You just make it better. Why I don't do. Stop? I don't do it well. I just don't. It's not something. It's not a skill I've learned. Well, ask Spencer Gallagher's <laughs> We should go over there for a taste test. <laughs> Cooking Jimmy with Spencer. Johnson approved. Maybe I'll do a story. Cooking with Spencer. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. He, he could try your meatballs. Perfect. But he can't try your eggs before I get to try the eggs. Eggs are amazing. Okay. Our uh, sister parent company, New York Times, had a web. They you have this big recipe section on New York Times, which is phenomenal. And they had a thing about making like perfect scrambled eggs. I almost sent it to you this week. I'm like, see? It's just... So is it better than your recipe? I haven't tried it. No, oh, nothing's better okay. than mine. We've gotten way off track here. What else should we talk about on this? Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a. Uh, I'll be honest. I think that typically um, you get to this weekend and you're, at least for me, I'm like, I'm pretty done with this season. You know, I'm, I'm kind of ready for it to end. But I really think that the Chastain thing and all, everything that happened after that, that, that kind of it was a kicked jolt up. Of life. Yeah, it, it kicked up enough enthusiasm and energy um, so that I, I went through this whole weekend and I was just like, oh, I, I could keep going. You, you look kind of tired, but. Um, it's, I mean, it's been a year. I mean, it's professionally it's been fantastic it's been a really great year but it's it's been there's a lot there's a lot that's happened this year yeah well um anyway either way we don't get to decide uh to keep going because the season's over now so what are we planning on uh we have two more two more podcasts on the books is that what it we is think? two more yeah i think we got two more teardowns on the books um we're gonna try to i guess next week maybe we'll do Maybe sort of some recap thing next Sunday. That works. And we'll have an F1 race to talk about. That'll be fun. And then um, the weekend after that, we'll also have Abu Dhabi to talk about. Um, so we'll go through the end of the F1 season. We'll also talk about NASCAR and wrap those up. Um, you know, we'll have some, you know, maybe we'll hand out some awards or something or do some fun stuff like yeah, we did on fun. some off-season episodes last year. And then we will uh, take a break, I guess. Yeah. I look forward to it. Also, a couple more um, 12 questions, interviews coming your way. Um, for those of you um, listening to this on the Apple Podcast or Spotify feed, you'll see Kevin Harvick 12 questions pop up this week. Now, that was already up for the athletic subscribers last week, but that'll pop up this week. And then we will end with Landon Castle uh, the week after that. If you're still looking for some 12 questions, mm-hmm. action. And, uh, yeah, gosh, I don't know what we're going to do without talking to you guys every week. It's like I love it. Uh, this podcast means it's I've said this before. It's the my favorite time of the week. Yeah, I feel like we've I mean, I guess we skipped we skipped the off week. We didn't do a podcast. Yep. But other than that, we've been with you guys every single week since before the clash. Yeah, we, we started, started doing mm-hmm. off-season podcasts in January yep. when we came back. So fun. there's only been one off week, one non-podcast week since January, I think. Um so, but you guys, I mean, I think we, we talked about it last week, uh, but you guys completely blew away our all-time record numbers for the Martinsville podcast after the Chastain thing. Um, we're now speaking to like NBA arena sized audiences, <laughs> I guess it looks like from the numbers, uh, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I can't believe people listen to this, but they do and it's great and I love them for it and Thank you, because it's uh, it's a blast, and that people are receptive to this and are into it. It's it's so cool, and to walk through the garage or any NASCAR track and have people come up to me and just say, "Hey, I love the podcast." I cannot tell you how happy that makes me, because it just blows my mind that people like it as much as they do. So thank you. And and I, I want to echo that because, and this is especially you know, again, we have two more after this, so I'm not saying goodbye for the year. But maybe some of you aren't going to tune back and listen since it's not going to be after a race. That, and that's fine. But so I, while you're here, I do want to just echo that and just say thank you so much for listening to us all year. Because really, I, I honestly, when somebody says, hey, I listened to your podcast or I love the podcast or I listen every week on my way to work or I listen when I'm doing this, um, that that means more to me, I feel like, than somebody saying, hey, I read your article or something. Because the time commitment that it takes to listen to a podcast versus just, Hey, I read your article and yeah. you know, in five minutes or whatever, 10 minutes, um, you know, these are over an hour, most of these now. And for somebody to take an hour out of the, well, you could put it on double speed. That's my trick. But, um, <laughs> to somebody take a, you know, a certain amount of time 
uh, out of their week to hear what we had to say about something. Yeah, it just kind of blows your mind, but it makes you feel so good. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. We appreciate you for listening. Um, Hopefully we'll keep doing it for a long time to come. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll, should we just end it here? I don't know what else to say. Yeah, just wrap it up. Kind of weird. Just wrap it up. Yeah, just wrap it up. Say goodbye. I'm not good with goodbyes. (laughs) No? I don't know. I guess we should go though. All right, everybody. Well, it's been a fun season. Maybe the best season ever. Maybe not. It was a good season. We'll, we'll it, was, it was a pretty good year. We'll we'll be back to recap more of the season as a whole next week. We'll talk to you next time on the tape.